0: Thank you for joining us on Community Focus today, where we again look at the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that are making a difference. With summer just about here, hurricane season already here, and we've already gotten our first taste of tropical conditions. What we are looking at is a tremendous amount of potential for damage from rain and also a lot of rain waste with the need for more water during the summer. So I'm happy to once again welcome from the Miami-Dade County Water and Sewer Department. She is the Public Affairs Administrator with the Office of Public Engagement, Jennifer Messimer. Thank you for coming back.
1: Oh, my gosh. It's always a pleasure to speak with you, Ellen.
0: You have so much knowledge. It blows my mind. And I love how you have a way of putting things into layman's terms when you're talking about scientific subjects that we might otherwise not get. Now, of course, we are going to talk about the hurricane season how hurricane season affects us in terms of water. But Jennifer, first, knowing that this is the rainy season, regardless of storms, how does that affect the county's watering and irrigation rules?
1: Well, thanks, Ellen. A lot of times people will be surprised to find out that there's water restrictions year-round. It's not when there is an official announcement of a drought. It doesn't matter how the rain is or not the rain is as far as levels. We're always under permanent water restrictions in Miami-Dade County. So residents can only water their lawns twice a week before 10 a.m., or after 4 p.m. Because really, if you water your lawn between 10 and 4, that's the hottest part of the day. You're gonna end up wasting water because you're gonna lose a majority of it through evaporation. Plus, if you have a hot grass or hot lawn and you're irrigating it with hot water from the hose being baking in the sun all day, you're probably going to do more damage to your lawn than benefit because you're going to scorch it with hot water. So that's why we want to remind folks that if you live in odd numbered home addresses, you're permitted to water on Wednesdays and Saturdays, again, before 10 and four, not both choose your water window. And if you live an even numbered address, those ending in 0, 2, 4, 6, and 8, you're permitted to water your lawns on Thursdays and Sundays.
0: Okay. And just so you know, in case you're concerned, oh, things are going to dry out, it's just not going to happen. It's going to rain at one o'clock every day. (laughs) So (laughs) your lawn will get watered. Now, what about saving water? Do you have recommendations for that?
1: Yes, yes. That's another one of our hidden jewels for the department. So there, we have a great way for folks to not only save water, but save money, right? So you want to live a more green life. Well, you can be more green and save green and put that green back in your pocket. So the department has many rebates that, will, you know, that like I said, will not only save you water, but save money on your utility bill. Uh, we were just talking about watering your lawn and irrigating your lush lawns. Well, we have irrigation rebates that can save single family homeowners up to $500 a year for five years. And large property owners can save a maximum rebate of $2,850 per property. So what does that mean? That means that you contact our office. We have our some of our partner agencies go out there and evaluate your lawn, your current sprinkling system, right? And they'll give you recommendations on how you can water wisely. So, for instance, if you have sprinklers already in your system, you know, as flat as Miami is, there are different levels in your backyard. There, It's right. all not the level, right? So there could be potentially parts of your yard, because it slopes, parts of your yard will be greener than others, just the, by nature of how the water falls and how your sprinklers work and where the water catches the lawn. So there's recommendations that if you don't already have them, they have sensors that say oh this part of your yard is very hydrated so it will prevent the sprinkler in that area from turning on or you have there's sensors that say oh that one o'clock rainstorm you're talking about ellen yeah if that that you're supposed to have your sprinklers on at one o'clock so we'll say it's a five o'clock rainstorm right or a seven in the morning rainstorm whatever and you have your sprinkler set to come on on your two-day windows right your thursdays and your sundays or your wednesdays and your saturdays right but at seven in the morning, you have it uh, set to go on, but it's already raining. Those sensors, if you were to implement them, would turn your sprinkler off because it realizes it's raining. So you won't be watering your lawn because it's on an automatic timer. So it'll shut off your sprinklers. So there's a whole lot of different recommendations that you can water wisely. And you don't have to do all of them and you don't have to do all of them at once. That's why you have the ability to stagger what improvements you make turn in the paperwork and over the course of five years, get a certain amount of money back for every improvement that you do. And then obviously we also have our indoor rebates. For instance, for your house, you can exchange your old showerhead for a high efficiency showerhead at one of our WASD offices for free, right? You give us your old one, we give you a new one because an old showerhead anything from before 1996, can waste as much as eight gallons of water per minute. Imagine mm-hmm. having someone dump eight gallons of water on you for a shower for every minute. No one's that dirty, right? Yeah. <laughs> a, a, a new head or one that's considered high efficiency only uses one and a half gallons of water per minute. Now, if you decide you have your own fashion statement for your bathroom and you want to have a certain style or a certain look, you are more than welcome to buy your own shower head. And as long as it meets the requirements of high efficiency, which are found on the forms on our website, you can turn in the receipt to us and we'll give you a receipt for that shower head for the cost of the shower head up to $25 per shower head. Awesome. And- Yes. And then another big water waster in the home is your toilet. So if you have an old toilet, every flush, you can waste as much as eight gallons per flush, right? So if you were to install a new toilet in your home that meets the requirements, we will give you a $50 rebate per toilet. And all that information can be found on our water conservation page at miamieday.gov slash water.
0: And can you fill out all the forms to make this happen online? Yes. Yes.
1: All of us are online. And then you just need to also scan and turn in your receipts for those particular items.
0: Okay. Because I know as much as you're encouraging consumers and residents to save water and be environmentally conscious, WASD, the, the Water and Sewer Department, also has your own way of saving natural resources. Tell me about that and how we can support what you're doing.
1: So yeah, I mean, most people get their water bill quarterly, right? So you get that bill every three months. So a lot of times you don't remember, you know, all of a sudden, oh my gosh, I have to pay my water bill, right? So that's why we're encouraging people to go paperless. You can save time and aggravation looking for a stamp, because let's be clear, who has stamps anymore? Because everything is paid online. And what I need to do, and the next time I'm on. No, I'm going to somehow get someone to figure out because it won't be me doing the math, yeah. but uh, figure out how much water it takes to print our bills, right? So if we had more folks, you could save water just by not getting a paper bill mailed to your house every quarter. So that's why we're encouraging people to enroll in our, our free of charge paperless billing program. So not only would you receive your bill by email, you can always access your account online 24 hours a day. So you don't have to wait for that bill to come in every 90 days to see what you're using. You can see, you know, your consumption whenever you want. And then you can also schedule automatic payments. And because of that fact that your bills every three months, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I forgot to pay my water bill. You can avoid those late fees. And if
0: you're like me and so many other clutter challenged people, it's one more piece of paper that you eliminate from putting in a stack on your desk that you'll inevitably forget about what's in the stack. <laughs> so It'll help keep the house cleaner too.
1: Get my table, Ellen. Come on.
0: <laughs> we don't do pictures of inside the house. <laughs> this is something that is really, you know, I'm passionate about anything that we can do to help people. You have a program where we can help our neighbors in need. Tell me about WASD Cares. So,
1: WASD Cares is a program that individuals can donate to to a fund that will provide financial assistance to qualify Miami-Dade Water and Sewer Department customers to pay their water and sewer utility bill. This program was first championed by then County Commissioner of District 8, Daniela Levine-Cava, now Mayor Daniela Levine-Cava. So Miami-Dade Water and Sewer Department customers who are eligible for this program can receive up to $250 in assistance toward their bill in a 12-month period. So for those folks, those who are able to, through your financial contribution, it will help give others a helping hand with their utility bill about helping our neighbors in need. So many people are struggling to pay their water bills. At one point, we uh, had figured that one out of 10 customers are behind on their utility bill. People are still impacted due to the effects of the pandemic and you know the job fluctuations and things of that nature. So you can help give the gift of water by donating to WASD Cares and offer them some assistance and peace of mind.
0: That's wonderful. Where can we get info on how we can contribute?
1: For more information or to actually make that contribution, you just need to go to miamiday.gov/wasdcares. W A S D C A R E S. <laughs>
0: All right. I know that we don't like to talk about it. This is supposed to be a very active hurricane season. And when you've got a storm that you're looking at and it's only the first weekend of June, yeah, it looks like the forecast may be true. So how does Miami-Dade Water and Sewer Department prepare for all this extra overload of potential water coming from a hurricane, uh, trees down, et cetera, et cetera?
1: So while I'm not in the prediction game as it relates to named storms and all that, what I can give you is a solid prediction, uh, not even a prediction, a fact. Miami-Dade Water and Sewer Department is prepared. So we prepare just like local businesses have to and make our checklists and get our storm preparedness plans in action. And the department at our water treatment plants, our department has fuel and water treatment supply reserves to operate on auxiliary power at the three water treatment plants to ensure uninterrupted service to its more than 2.4 million customers for a two-week period, without the need of having supplemental delivery. So if all heck broke loose, 100 percent without a hitch, without a hiccup, we would be able to still provide drinking water and get our water out from our plants to our customers for a good two weeks before the need of getting any type of, uh, you know, supply delivery.
0: Now, for the latter part of this week, we've been watching the remains of what was Hurricane Agatha over Mexico move into the Gulf of Mexico and redevelop. And we've been dealing with tropical storm warnings, a tremendous amount of rain. What has the water and sewer department been doing to prepare?
1: So in advance of our region experiencing tropical storm force winds, part of our standard operating procedure is to automatically transfer to generator power that's controlled at the plant so that our operations are not impacted by the electrical fluctuation. So like during when a storm start, is about to roll in, you know, the electricity kicks in, it kicks out, you know, goes in, goes out. So we don't do that because we don't want any of our treatment processes to be tripped or be affected by those fluctuations. So we go to generator power in advance. And because of this, WASD has not had to issue any precautionary boil water orders for our service areas because of storms. What I wanted to definitely make the distinction of is that where our plants haven't had any issues and we haven't stopped providing water through our treatment plants, there could, and it hasn't happened in the 13 years that I've worked for the department and probably even before that, but there is always the opportunity that very localized pockets of neighborhoods and communities could be without water or have substantially lower water pressure because a local water pipe got ripped up because of a tree root system, you know, like rips it out of the ground because tree get knocked down in the hurricane, what have you. If that's the case, we would definitely be out communicating if there was a specific community or neighborhood affected. But overall, that has not been an issue in, you know, more than a decade, decade plus, you know, of having to have precautionary boil water orders as a result of a storm. But that's why we want to make sure that, you know, because water is such a critical storm supply, you don't have to worry about having one more piece of stress in trying to get to Publix or whatever grocery store you go to and fighting for that last bottled water, right? Mm. Don't need this fight at the grocery store because you don't have bottled water. What we encourage you to do is to buy and invest in collapsible, like camping equipment, collapsible water containers, or at, I think, boating stores have these things where you can have water. And what happens is it's a space saver, right? So you don't have to buy bottled water before every storm. You buy these collapsible water containers, you pack them away, and just like you pack your batteries and your flashlights and all your other equipment in a hurricane bin, that's where you would keep these uh, water containers and then just clean them out when it's time to fill them up if you were to need it. So we know that we want to make sure that all of our residents have an adequate supply of water, and the recommendation is to have one gallon of water per person in your house for a minimum of three to five days. And you also need a half gallon of water per day per pet for three to five days. And what I also recommend folks doing that in case the power does go out, this was something my mom always did and I had followed suit, is that you take the containers that you're going to fill with drinking water or even, you know, like your plastic Tupperware containers, whatever, or even Ziploc bags, right? Fill those up with water, keep them in the freezer Mm -hmm. and it's they're frozen, you know, become blocks of ice. So then when the power goes out, you can put those frozen bags or frozen containers in your refrigerator to keep the other food in your refrigerator cold for a little bit longer. So hopefully you can prevent it from all spoiling. And then when it ultimately melts and, you know, um, defrost, those containers are now additional containers and bags of drinking water for you to have.
0: Okay. Now I understand you recommend after a storm that we should not be hosing off storm debris, we should try and minimize our use of water. Now you've taken all of these precautions to ensure that we have the supply. Why are you recommending that we're careful about our water use after a storm?
1: That's a great question, Ellen. And the reason why, like I was saying earlier, there could be areas of the community that have pipe breaks that need to be repaired due to tree root systems and uprooted systems. So while we're out there making those repairs, especially when the winds first die down, you know, we're asking folks to avoid using hoses and really putting additional burden onto the system. Right. So if we have lower than normal pressure by people using the water to like clean up outside, that's, you know, making the water pressure go down even more. And we just prefer folks to like not use hoses to clean off because, again, that's also just being wasteful of water. Right. When you're cleaning up after a storm, use a broom weep up the debris, and put it in a garbage bag. And we also definitely don't want you to hose off the grass and the tree branches and whatever other debris down the storm drain. Now, the storm drains are not overseen by water and sewer, but it's still a problem because ultimately, if you clog your storm drains, then that could lead to additional flooding in streets later because, you know, you have all this additional debris and it is not allowing to get through the system and the storm drain system. And then you could potentially have additional debris and whatnot drain off into our waterway, like Biscayne Bay and our canal system. So, you know, just bag up the debris and once solid waste services resume following the storms, they'll come and pick it up.
0: I'm sure there must be more tips that you have on your website for anyone who's interested in saving water, Helping neighbors with water and, of course, preparing for hurricanes. All at slash water
1: Yes, you're absolutely right. Or you can also always follow up and call three one one. You know, please also for up to date information about the department, whether it's during a storm or just our normal rebate information or what's the latest and greatest with uh, water and sewer that's going on. You can also follow us on our social media channels. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our tagline is at Miami
0: Dade Water. Easy enough. All right, Jennifer Messimer, Public Affairs Administrator with the Office of Public Engagement at Miami Dade County Water and Sewer Department. I so appreciate your knowledge and that you share it with us. Love talking to you, and you know we'll always have you back again. Thank you.
1: Thanks. I'll always take your invite.
0: And a reminder for you: we do have a complete page of hurricane information with links to all of the resources you would need. Florida Power and Light the Offices of Emergency Management in Miami-Dade and Broward Counties, the American Red Cross with their B-Storm Ready guides. And we are still within our tax-free shopping holiday period right now. It runs through the 10th. So if you didn't get items in advance. Now that we've already experienced some tropical storm conditions, you definitely want to go ahead and take advantage of this chance to get things tax-free while we can. That information is also on our website, on our community resources page under In the Community. Now, You probably know a number of events were canceled this weekend because of weather. Hopefully next week will be much better because there's a very special event coming up. For our next segment of Community Focus, we're looking at Caribbean American Heritage Month. We talk a lot about diversity and certainly South Florida is one of the most diverse places in our country and one of the biggest groups that is part of our diverse community, is from the islands, the Caribbean. I am very happy to welcome Garland Jackson, the founder of Unity Fire Association. And Unity Fire is associated with the upcoming Spirit of the Caribbean, a celebration of Caribbean cultures, this coming Saturday, June 11th. Garland, it is such a pleasure to talk to you today. Thanks for coming on the program.
2: Thank you, Ellen. It's a pleasure being on your show. Thanks for having me.
0: Can you tell me why Unity Fire became involved with this particular event? Well, Unity Fire Association,
2: this will be our first annual fundraising event. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and we have to raise funds in order for us to do our projects that we have up and coming. Spirit of the Caribbean is our first annual fundraising event. Being that I am a Caribbean native myself from the island of Jamaica, I was born there, I found it that this would be a good connection with my organization.
0: Absolutely. Um, Certainly Jamaica, one of the most popular islands that people come from, from South Florida, and one of the most popular islands that we like to go visit. When did you come to South Florida?
2: I came to South Florida back in 1981 with my parents. Grew up uh, in the South Florida area, Boynton Beach. Okay. Later went off to become a firefighter in the United States Air Force, and then came back home to my local city, Boynton Beach, and became a firefighter there.
0: Okay, so you have really completely embraced American culture, but at the same time, you've kept your Jamaican heritage, and that's what Spirit of the Caribbean is all about, is celebrating the heritage of those who've come from Let's see. What are some of the representative islands? Jamaica, the Bahamas, Haiti, uh,
2: Trinidad,
0: right? Tobago has to go with Trinidad. (laughs) And, you know, we just love for Americans. I think we really love the island vibe that you bring here. And um, so looking forward to the celebration. Can you tell us what's going to be happening next Saturday at Young Circle?
2: Well, the event is going to be a a very family-oriented event where you can bring the whole family, the children, um, come out and enjoy the music, the food. There'll be lots of food from many different Caribbean cultures there, drinks, drinks. Um, there's even going to be a yoga instructor there. Um, her name is Monica. So, I mean, there'll be lots of things for everyone to enjoy out there.
0: OK, I know one of the things that people particularly love is the food and the music. Um, I remember the first time I went to Jamaica and I was staying at a place they served carrot soup. And I just thought, ugh, carrot soup. That doesn't sound like something I would like. And it was so delicious. I had to ask the chef for the recipe to bring home so I could make it here. And that's just, you know, a a minor little thing. There are so many different spices and flavors. And there will be live music, too, right?
2: Yes, there'll be uh, live music there. Our headliner is uh, Glenn Washington, who will be representing uh, the reggae part of the show. You have uh, Kevin Little, who will be doing soca, part of the Trinidad part of the show. And then we have the Latin Geo Beta. will be representing the Latin folks. So we're trying to do um, a little bit of everything of the Caribbean, not just uh, one island.
0: I love that. Cultural performance is a family-friendly event. Now, what is Reggae Runnings? This is part of it.
2: Reggae Runnings is um, Tanto Ari
0: Tonto Irie is actually uh, part of the Cox Media Group Miami community. He works with our sister station and, you know, he's been involved so much in everything that has to do with the Caribbean community. So he's really the brainchild. It's his brainchild is Reggae Run-Ins. But what exactly is it?
2: It is a Caribbean multimedia company that helps to promote things like such as what I'm doing in the Caribbean to the people of the Caribbean, like the music, the culture, you know, things such as that.
0: Can you give us an idea of what it was like for you making the transition from an island culture to the South Florida culture?
2: Um, for me, it was it was a bit challenging. Um, you know, coming from a, an island at a young age, coming to a country such as the United States, you don't know anything about um, the culture the food, but you've always seen it on television or hear about it on, on the radio, and you've always wanted to experience that. So it was a, it was a little shock. It
0: took a little time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and although, you know, fortunately, we do have restaurants and different communities that give you the opportunity to engage with people from your own background. Is there any advice that you would give to people who are just now coming from the Caribbean and wanting to become part of American culture in South Florida?
2: Well, the advice I would give folks is to always reach out to local agencies that help immigrants that come to the United States to settle in. You know, you have the council generals for each island that represents their nation and always, you know, ask questions.
0: Okay. And what would you say to Americans for those who've never been to the islands? And I think Most people in South Florida have made at least one journey to one island. But for those who haven't, what is the charm? What is so special about the islands that makes them so great?
2: Well, it's the people. Um, The people, especially Jamaicans, love um, when folks from other countries come there. Um, we like to show you our cultures, our food, our music. We like to be expressive. So um, for me, it's the people. Jamaicans, we love to interact with other cultures. Um, we love to meet people from different countries. We love to have a good time. Our motto is IRI. That means, you know, have a good time, be joyful. We love to share our cultures with people, the music, the food, and so forth.
0: And how do you feel as someone from Jamaica when someone who is American comes up and says, Hey, I'm <laughs> I, I I smile. <laughs> do we sound silly? <laughs> no, actually, actually,
2: um, it just brings a smile to my face. I mean, because that's what we're all about, We're about mm-hmm. expressing ourselves in a very happy, a go lucky way. I mean, Jamaica is known for that. And,
0: you know, know, in America, where we're known for being so type A and so work oriented and everything is really stressful, we need a little more of the Caribbean in us, a little more Jamaica, a little more Bahamas (laughs) and a little more of that. Everything's Irie, Mon. It's okay, Just chill.
2: Everything is Irie. We're all one.
0: (laughs) I love it. So you know what? On that note, I'm going to leave it with all the information. So it's Saturday next week. June 11th at 11 a.m. Things get underway. Is there a fee for the Spirit of the Caribbean event?
2: No, it's a free event. Um, That's why you can bring the whole family, bring the children, come on down to Arts Park in downtown Hollywood, Young Circle, and enjoy the festivities. Like I said, there will be lots of music, food, Um, Just bring your flag. It's a one family affair. Just come down there and have a great time and celebrate with us.
0: I can already picture it. Everybody's going to be up and dancing to the vibe. It's going to be wonderful. Now, we do have the event on our website if you want more information. And you can also find info about it at unityfireassociation.org, which we're going to talk to you in a few weeks about the firefighting because we're getting ready for 4th of July and you know we know what happens when people do their own fireworks so I'm going to look to you for advice on that but for the moment let's just talk about celebrating our Caribbean cultures during Caribbean American Heritage Month and really how lucky are we that all of these wonderful cultures come together and blend together in South Florida so that if we don't have the opportunity to go there it comes right here it's going to be a spectacular day next Saturday, June 11th, The Spirit of the Caribbean. Garland Jackson, you are just a delight to talk to. Thank you so much for talking to us today.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
0: And I want to thank you for listening to Community Focus today. And considering the weather we've been through this weekend, our first experience with tropical weather right at the beginning of hurricane season, I invite you to download our app from the Apple or Google Play Store. You can easily access weather information there. And of course, we do have a special hurricane page on our website. We also have our community resources page, which has links to every city website where you can find local information, and also lots of tips from the experts at FPL, at Miami-Dade and Broward County Offices of Emergency Management, links to our weather partners, WSVN, the American Red Cross, you know, anything that you need to know so that you can safely clean up if you experience damage from the storm and definitely prepare in advance of what may yet be coming throughout hurricane season. I hope you will join us again next Sunday for an all-new edition of Community Focus. In the meantime, stay safe and have a great day.
1: Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues.